This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. There are legends around here. Who died in my G fucking king of the zombies? Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back. You are listening to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. Uh, my name is Isaiah, and I'm joined tonight by Cece from the Scream Queens. We are talking Halloween H2O and continuing our series on the Halloween retrospective series leading up to the release of Halloween Kills coming up here on October 15th. How are you doing, Cece? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Getting excited for uh, Halloween Horror Nights this uh, coming up week here. I know. Holy crap. <laughs> I, I can't believe how long this has been planned and finally getting to the point of uh, almost being there. I know. It's wild. I was like just telling uh, Teddy, I was like, Kyle's going to be here on Tuesday already. Mm-hmm. And then you guys will be here Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. It's it's for one, I like I, I love visiting Orlando. Um obviously for the parks and stuff like that. So it's it's going to be nuts seeing everybody and then mm-hmm. getting to experience Halloween Horror Nights for the first time because uh, I've been wanting to go since I was a kid, you know. So yeah. it's, it's are, very exciting. You guys are in for a treat. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Especially with the Texas Chainsaw House. I'm very much looking forward to that. I mean, actually, I'm looking forward to all the houses, if I'm being yeah. honest. I mean, I'm looking forward to everything, that and the food and then. <laughs> yeah it's yep. gonna be a great few days that's for sure it's gonna be awesome i'm ready <laughs> so am i uh so what what have you guys been up to lately with your guys' show and whatnot so we've been doing covering a lot of hhn content um mostly mostly because of this it's the season you know so uh we did like a hype episode before we did the event um and then we just put up an episode um so we're recording today, which is the 8th, which is Wednesday. Um, our episode came out today that was about, like, our first impressions of the houses and things we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler free. So just kind of like our first initial thoughts without going deep into uh, what you can actually see in the houses and things like that. So okay. a lot of HHN content right now. <laughs> I can imagine, especially with it being the season and whatnot. So Yeah. And exactly. everybody's just so fucking hyped for getting back to... <laughs> I know. It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, just with everything that's gone on and over the last year and everything, it, it's like, it's, it's just so relieving to know there's some normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, back. Oh yeah. I agree. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it's just getting to spooky season anyways. I mean, we're in September now and oh my God, Halloween's right around the corner. It's like, everything's moving super fast, but really slow at the same time, especially just getting to, you know, <laughs> The trip, I mean, my fucking work life is just, like, so slow right now because I'm like, I just want to be down in Orlando. I want to have fun. I need a fucking break. And so, like, work is, like, just fucking nonstop long. It's just feels like it's never going to get here, even though it's only a short few days away. Yeah, it's crazy, like, thinking about that. Because, yeah, I get what you mean because, like, the, the days just seem so long when you're at work. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, but the time overall seems to be going pretty quickly, like to the day that you're going to be here and things like that. Yeah, so. it's it's nuts because I've got so much <laughs> shit I got to get done before even coming down there. And mm-hmm. I, I know I'm going to be scrambling at the last <laughs> minute to finish stuff. That's me too, though. I pack like the day before I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to pack. I'll I'll probably end up packing um monday so the day this gets released so okay yeah i'll end up spending that monday night packing because then i'll be heading to uh the girlfriend's house on tuesday and staying there and she's taking me to the airport on wednesday morning nice and early so that's smart yeah then i don't have to pay for an uber or exactly (laughs) 
Or that's... have to pay the parking at the airport, which is awful. My God, it's terrible. It's really fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, smart idea. So, um, what are you most looking forward to with uh, Halloween coming up? Um, so, I actually haven't thought that far out yet. Um, because I'm just so involved with HHN right now. Right. Um, so, I mean, this and this event lasts through Halloween night, actually, is the last night that it's going on. I'm actually kind of hoping to go that night if I can get the night off. Okay. Um, that would be really awesome. If not, what I always kind of do is if I'm at home, um, always watch some certain movies, like some version of Halloween. I'll put on some version of Halloween, um, yep. whether it be the original. Uh, one year we watched Rob Zombie's first film. So it's just like any Halloween movie. Also, Trick or Treat is another good one we like to watch. Definitely. Uh, so doing that and just like eating snacks and hanging out, candy, stuff like that. Usually is what we do if if we're not out. But hoping to go to HHN, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Cool. Are there any other movies that you kind of uh, gravitate towards uh, on Halloween or around Halloween? Um. Those are two of the the big ones. I mean, you know me, all of us. We just watch horror movies all year round. Right. Definitely, some. Those are some that I always revisit. Uh, I might actually start adding some things this year. Um, what I used to do actually, and I don't know if I'm going to do it this year or not, just because I might be busy. I used to do thirty day or thirty one days of October. I would watch a horror movie that I've never seen before. Okay. Um. I've done it for a couple of years. I think last year I kind of fell off a little, but like two years ago I'd stuck to it and I did it. Um, so I might try to do something like that again, maybe do like half the month. Okay. Um, so that's another little challenge I like to do for myself. So. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I generally try to do the same thing. Um, obviously this year is probably going to be a little harder just because being so busy. Um, yeah. But I mean, with honestly, with the release of like the Chucky series, and some mm-hmm. of these other things, like I know what you did last summer. Um, I'm gonna try to incorporate that to maybe watch an episode a day, uh, as well as movies and stuff like that. Because, like, some of the main things I, I I do watch during the October season for sure are uh, Trick or Treat. That's definitely one. Terrifier's been another one over the last few years, so that's another one I'll I'll definitely rewatch. Um, I- yeah, I'll probably have to this year as well because I'm pretty sure I'm covering it with Kyle on their show. And I'm always down to watch that movie. You know me, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just an instant classic now. So, <laughs> um, And then obviously, you know, some of the Halloween movies and then obviously Halloween Kills is coming out. So I'll, I'll end up watching mm-hmm. that three times um, in October, <laughs> yeah. guaranteed. So I, I my, my October's pretty packed and, you know, some of it I'll be sharing with, with my girlfriend some of it i won't just because some of it gets a little extreme like terrifier and i don't feel like scaring her off that quickly yet yeah <laughs> so i get that one for sure right maybe but someday halloween. but halloween would be good trick-or-treat yeah yep because we, we actually started the halloween series so uh i've gotten her to watch um the first Halloween, she didn't actually really care for that one because she thought it was slow, which was which is fine. It's not for everybody. Um, right. But then she really loved uh, 2018, which I which I'm grateful for because she thought that was okay. so much better. Um, yeah. Just because it kept up the pace and had more action to it and whatnot, which which I can totally understand, especially with her not having really much of a background with horror. Uh, maybe some of the slower stuff just isn't kind of her cup of tea, which is which is totally fine. But the fact that she loved 2018 really like made me happy because I fucking love 2018 so much. Oh yeah, it's it's incredible. Like I, that's why I'm so excited for Kills because 2018 did so well, and I think Kills might even be better. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it. I'm 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 very much looking forward to it, especially as uh, um like more reviews and stuff are are starting to come out now because it, it premiered at the Venice uh, Film Festival or, or, or whatever it is. And uh, it's been all pretty much positive so far. So I'm, I'm super stoked for that. That's so, great. and uh, hopefully that keeps up because um, it's, it's kind of building the hype right now. And they said there's a lot of surprising stuff and a lot of different things that they did in the movie that's different for the franchise. So it's exciting. It makes me, doesn't necessarily make me nervous, but it makes me more anticipating, you know, what, what, what they're going to do and whatnot. Yeah. For so sure. 
I'm I'm super pumped for that. But that's <laughs> that's coming up. And and like I've said in previous episodes, my plan is to review Halloween Kills uh, once that comes out and release that on that Monday after it gets released. So I'll be on the lookout for that. But until then, we're going to continue talking about the Halloween franchise. We've covered one through um, six now. So we've talked about the different continuities and, and whatnot in previous episodes, and we're going to continue talking about that because uh, now we are kind of getting almost a soft reboot with Halloween H2O, which will continue into Halloween Resurrection before it's completely rebooted and we get the Rob Zombie remake. So let's go ahead and take a look at 1998's Halloween H2O. Nothing to fear. The coast is clear. Nothing's missing. They did a real number on your office. My office? Oh, there's crap everywhere. Got mail. Birthday card. It's only two months late. I'm impressed. Cash is good. I'm gonna need it when I go to Yosemite. I'm not going. No, I'm going to Yosemite. No, you're not. Look, I know today is the day, but I think... Oh, really? What day is that, John? Halloween. Oh, I hadn't noticed. We're through with all that. There's a strange car parked down at the gate, but I can't seem to find any signs of trespassing. What are you doing? Hey. I'm just gonna go find John. All right, so Halloween H2O was released on August 5th, 1998. It was directed by Steve Miner, who, if you're not aware, Steve Miner directed Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. So he directed uh, kind of some of the better um, additions to the Friday the 13th franchise. So hiring him to direct this was a smart decision. They originally were trying to get Carpenter on board to kind of reunite uh, him with Jamie Lee Curtis and, you know, the whole 20th anniversary thing with uh, Halloween H2O. That didn't end up panning out. He didn't end up wanting to do it. So they got Steve Miner instead, which which is a very smart and wise choice just with kind of his background with horror and whatnot. Um, this is, you know, uh, obviously we've got Jamie Lee Curtis back as Laurie Strode, Carrie Tate. In this movie, we've got the introduction of Josh Hartnett in his first movie that he filmed with him playing Curtis's son in this. We've got LL Cool J, we've got Michelle Williams, and we've got Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. So we've got a pretty solid cast, you know, for this movie. Um, Budget-wise, this had a higher budget than a lot of the Halloween movies. It came in at about $17 million of the budget. It grossed a little over $55 million, so it didn't do too, do, do too bad at the uh, box office when it was released. Um, it, this had a lot of hype, obviously, you know, with going in with the 20-year anniversary and everything. And I remember as a kid seeing it on TV, like on talk shows and, and different things like that, just the whole hype for, you know, the release of Halloween H2O. And funny enough, because this was released on August 5th, this was the first Halloween movie I, I got to see in the theater because my cousin took me for my birthday. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so I was I was still a little too young to get myself into the movie, um, but yeah, he my my cousin ended up taking me, and and that was the first Halloween movie I got to see in the theater. So that was a little nostalgia thing for me. Um, but what was kind of your uh, first um, interaction with this movie? 
so mine's a little weird because i remember this movie and very very vaguely as a kid um i remember watching it at like my best my childhood best friend's house i believe um and it was like back when we just like we're i don't even remember how young we were we were pretty young i feel like um i'd have to actually do math or determine that but yeah <laughs> um i'm pretty sure we like rented it or something because we wanted to watch a scary movie um and like i said it was it's like one of those memories in my brain that I just remember like a certain scene from the movie or like a character. And that was LL Cool J yep. uh, being the security guard. So like, that's all I remember is like him in, in the little security uh, office thing. Um, but from there, um, that's all I really remembered. And then just moving forward, um, we actually covered it on our show uh, because we did a rankings uh, episode last, last year actually mm -hmm. for all the Halloween movies. So that was actually my first full time as an like a cognizant adult watching this film so it wasn't too long ago and uh it really stuck with me because of the fact that it's very 90s yep um and you know me scream is one of my favorite movies of all time yes. so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this had that that same vibe and, and we'll, i'm sure we'll talk about why later um but but yeah so i think um just having it having watched it very recently uh for the first time in full was really great because i got to kind of see it um you know as as an adult and things like that so right no definitely and actually let's kind of talk about that kind of uh 90s influence on this movie here really quick um because mm -hmm. it's definitely something i want to kind of touch on uh because uh, you know with the kind of the backstory with this movie and kind of the writing process uh kevin williamson definitely touched you know the the script originally because he was kind of um Mm -hmm. did a, a draft of it and whatnot. And it's definitely got that 90s vibe to it, and it definitely feels a lot like a Scream movie because Scream was the big 90s horror movie. So everything was kind of emulating it, you know, after that was released in 96. So it's no surprise that it definitely had an influence on how H2O kind of um, was produced and kind of felt and just kind of everything with it because i i remember with uh with some of the like the original draft for h2o they were going to go with a copycat killer um mm -hmm. very much kind of like scream uh where you didn't know who the killer was kind of thing and yeah. obviously you're still going to have michael myers in there and everything it was kind of a weird concept and i don't think it would have worked to its benefit you know mm -hmm. i think the story that we got ultimately after it was rewritten a few different times i think was probably the best of what we could have got and i i think it it worked well with with what we got because honestly after part six everything was kind of a muddled mess with a lot of unanswered questions a lot of plot holes and stuff like that so really their their only kind of course of action was to kind of do a soft reboot and so they obviously um decided to omit four through six and just do almost a direct sequel to part two and yeah. uh just continue the the laurie strode uh, story so mm -hmm. it definitely had its its story of how it came to be and whatnot and you know just the m different drafts it had i mean in with this movie it i i feel it's it's a fairly decent movie i, I wouldn't say it's high up on my list for halloween movies but i i feel it's kind of in the middle for me and um a lot of that is just because like i i like scream a lot um, but at the same time, making Halloween feel like Scream, I think was just kind of just took me back a little bit. Cause I remember seeing it for the first time in the theater and just thinking, huh, this really just feels like Scream just with Michael Myers, you know? Right. <laughs> and, um, it, it didn't really feel like a Halloween movie to me. And I think a lot of that was taking it from the whole Midwest kind of setting and putting it in California. Everything's beautiful, bright and sunny. And it didn't feel like it was fall. didn't feel like it was Halloween time. I mean, it. I think a lot of that just kind of worked against it with kind of the whole feel of the movie, you know, ultimately. Because, yeah. like, like, that opening, that opening scene felt like a Halloween movie, you know. Right. I was going to say that. Yeah, that part definitely did. But I can see where, besides that, it really doesn't as much. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, 
thoughts on the mask? Because I know the mask is a very, <laughs> very touchy subject, uh, especially because there was three different physical masks used, and then obviously the fourth digital mask in the one scene. So what are your yeah. thoughts? Um, I'm actually more of a fan of the masks throughout the franchise that are a bit more what it messed with muddled uh dirty mm-hmm. um i don't really care for the straight like white with the that looks almost like painted on eyebrows um yeah well obviously they are but i mean just i don't really and i get in the original it is that way and and, and, I, and it's okay it works in the original but for the rest of them i honestly truly like the ones that are a bit more damaged and and dirty um so this is not really my favorite right um Especially because, I mean, I know, unfortunately, they had to do the whole CGI thing, but I just, eh, yeah, it's it's not a favorite of mine, I guess. <laughs> well, so. what's what's funny is they didn't have to do the CGI thing, because... Oh, really? So, kind of the thing was, um, when they started out, um, like, a good majority of the movie has that kind of blank, featureless mask, mm-hmm. you know? That was the original mask that director Steve Miner wanted was because he wanted kind of a featureless mask that just kind of just made him have a blank face. Well, the Weinsteins didn't like that, and they demanded that they get a new fucking mask after they had already, I think they completed like 40% of the movie at this point. And they're like, nope, you got to go back and change the mask. So um, one thing that they did is they... Uh, and this this original mask, this featureless mask, was made by K&B Effects, so Greg Nicotero and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they did instead is they went back to Halloween 6 and got the Halloween 6 mask. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the masks used on that, ma- on that movie just as kind of to see how it would, it would work versus that or the featureless mask that um, Steve Miner wanted. And so that opening shot, the very first shot we see in the movie, is actually the Halloween 6 mask. So, oh, wow. so what they did is they shot it uh, with both masks just to see which one looked better. And obviously the Halloween six mask won out there. And so they went with that for a little bit, but then they only ended up using that mask in the first scene. And then they had this other mask that was kind of designed that we see in a lot of the other shots that had a little bit more features and whatnot. And, but they ended up doing a, like, I think they said like $1.5 million in reshoots uh but for whatever reason that fucking kitchen scene where they use that stupid cgi mask they didn't do a a reshoot for that and so they just digitally impose that on there and it looks fucking atrocious and it's like the worst worst computer fucking generated thing they could have ever done and (laughs) it just takes you out of the movie it it would have been one thing if it was just the featureless mask just fucking go with it at that point because that shit that they pulled was fucking ugly and just sinful i mean it was it was horrible it's pretty bad (laughs) yeah so that that's kind of the history so yeah they they use three different masks and then the fourth digital mask so four masks total in this fucking movie and it's it's just it's ridiculous all the changing that they kept doing with the mask yeah that's probably what really threw me off that way is because of that Mm mm-hmm yeah (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that kind of happened, and, like, this, this for for this movie, this is, like, the shortest Halloween movie, too. It's, like, 86 minutes long. Yeah, it really is short. Because it doesn't feel long at all, number one. And then when you see the runtime, you're like, holy shit, this really is not a long movie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of wild. I, I, but at the same time, they at least keep the pace going. Because, uh, you know, some of the movies, you know, you, things can get drawn out and stuff. But this one at least keeps the pace going, which is which is kind of nice, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it could have dragged out like some of the some of the movies could have. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, one of the cool things that I liked is because they do a lot of like referencing, you know, the previous movies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, and like some other horror movies too, because well, number one, you got Jamie Lee Curtis's mother in the movie as well, yes. and she plays Norma, who's uh, her secretary at the school. And what's cool is Norma actually uh, is driving the same car that they used in Psycho, 
which mm-hmm. is obviously the movie that she was famous for. And it has the same license plate used on the car in Psycho 2. So I, I kind of like that little nod with Psycho, but also, you know, the whole the mother-daughter dynamic because uh, Norma has a line in there, if I could offer you some um, motherly advice or however she put it, basically. And so, yeah, and it, it was kind of cool that, she, you know, she got to play in that role with, Jamie Lee and and whatnot because that was kind of one of the last roles I think she did. Um, well, Probably, for yeah. sure one of the last ones she did with Jamie Lee because uh, she was in like three different movies with Jamie Lee before. One of them being The Fog from you know 1980, which was directed by John Carpenter. So uh, they got to star together in that. But um, it's 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 just kind of cool with kind of some of the nods with other movies and then. It's it's like the the movie itself is I, I think is really well done. It it just I just wish it would have felt more like a Halloween movie, you know. Yeah, I I understand that for sure. Um, it, yeah, it, like like you said, it that beginning scene really kind of set us up for like the Halloween feel, but then it kind of just went because we went to well, I know we'll go into it, but like the boarding school and things like that, and then it just kind of made it like yeah more. I guess more character based than almost atmosphere in a way. Right. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I know we, we need more of that atmosphere. I feel like for sure. Yep. I, I do like how um, with the beginning of this movie, we, we bring back a, a character from the previous movies too. So we obviously get nurse Marion back who was uh, kind of helping Dr. Loomis in and Halloween one and two. Um, so I, I like that nod towards the original two movies and, bringing her character back which obviously we get to see her character again in halloween kills which is coming up here which i'm super excited for so i i kind of like how they explained that um you know loomis's absence because obviously at this point donald pleasance had passed away uh because he had passed away in 94 i believe um or early 95 before the release of six and so they had uh kind of explained that she was taking care of him up until he passed away and at least we get a, a, a little nod of his picture being in that opening scene, too, of the office after it was uh, ransacked by Michael um, looking for the information on Laurie Strode. So it was very cool that they brought back her character. I I, I would have felt it, it would have been really cool if they could have brought back maybe some of the other actors. Because I know with uh, before Janet Lee took on the role of Marion, um, they were actually in negotiations with PJ Souls to take on that character who played Linda in the original Halloween movie. But mm-hmm. she like never gave them a, a like a for sure answer if she was going to do it or not. So they ended up going with uh, Janet Lee instead, um, which would have been a nice callback and getting to see her and Jamie Lee work together again would have been great, especially for, you know, the Halloween fans and whatnot. It would have just been a nice, another little nod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to what came before. What are your kind of thoughts regarding the music in this movie? Um, so I, I enjoy it. Um, actually something kind of fun that, um, I wanted to mention too, when they actually show Janet Lee's characters that if you listen close, they are playing the psycho score. Mm -hmm. Um, when she goes back to her car, which I really liked that. Um, Again, anything that's 90s, I, I gravitate toward. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, even the music, I think I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of one of the people that is actually more on the side of liking this movie than most people are. Okay. I think the end is the only thing that really bugs me about this movie, but sure. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> sure. But yeah, yeah. Anything 90s you throw at me is, is great. So I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, because my, my kind of stance with the movie is like the Halloween theme that they used in the opening credits, I really liked that a lot because mm-hmm. it was different. Right. Because um, it wasn't just the standard, just piano and synthesizer. I, I, I kind of liked what they did with the kind of orchestra um, built yes. Halloween theme. The rest of the, the music in the movie kind of felt semi-forgettable. I think a lot of that yeah. was due to the fact that they used a lot of... Uh, um, was it Marco uh, Beltrami's uh, music from Scream? Mm-hmm. So they kind of reused, a, a, you know, a bit of that um, instead of John Ottman's score. And which, I mean, John Ottman's score was kind of felt like, eh, it was okay. 
And so I, I understand the, the need to try to get something a little bit more beef behind it, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, with, with regards to you know, using some of Marco Beltrami's scare, score. But it, it just kind of felt forgettable when it comes to Halloween scores just because it, it didn't feel – that was another thing that kind of helped make it not quite feel like a Halloween movie other than the few times that they brought in the Halloween theme, you know, True. throughout the yeah. movie. Um, and it's that's not necessarily in saying that's a bad thing or a good thing. It just didn't make it feel like a mm-hmm. Halloween movie. Um, I know uh, in the movie, too, that they were going to kind of connect uh, 4, 5, and 6 and keep that canon because the uh, mm-hmm. Jody Lynn O'Keefe's character was supposed to do, like, an oral presentation in the classroom and talk about the Halloween murders that included that and, like, the disappearance of Jamie Lloyd and everything. And that was supposed to cause Lori to get, you know, ill and then have to run off to the bathroom and whatnot. I, I almost kind of wish it w- they would have kept it in there just to kind of tie everything together and keep everything as it, like, this actually all happened. Yeah. Um, I understand why they decided not to just because then, you know, what do you do? How do you build upon that? And mm-hmm. also give reasoning for why Lori, you know, faked her death and left her daughter and you know all this other stuff so it it, it makes sense because it kind of put the writer in kind of between a rock and a hard place like okay Mm -hmm. we could do this but it's going to make it really hard to explain everything yeah i get that so i to its benefit they kept things more simple and just said that oh this is just going off of after what happened on in halloween too so it's it, it makes sense um, mm-hmm. what what's your thoughts on LL Cool J's character of Ronnie in this movie? <laughs> I love him. Um, I love him in pretty much everything. Like he's been one of my favorite like musicians for a while. Mm-hmm. I grew up on him. Um, I think it's hilarious that he he writes you know like smut and stuff and like his girlfriend's <laughs> like judging him on the phone and things like that. <laughs> um, he just it, he's very random because he's got that side of him, but then he's also like. I don't know he's kind of like the cool guy because they'll he'll let them go off property if they beg him enough and things like that so yeah but then you know he obviously is always worried about covering his ass too because um Lori's just you know a hard ass in this one and yeah. <laughs> obviously after dealing with what she dealt with um but yeah i think he's he's great uh he's hilarious so i love him <laughs> i love the the line ronnie don't you get your ass fired <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Just that whole kind of conversation between him and his girlfriend is just hilarious. And I, I do like the, you know, the comedy relief in, in this movie. I thought the comedy yeah. spots were very well placed in it, which you can't say for a, a lot of movies. But this one, I, I felt like it had the right amount of comedy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of more to the credit of, like, Scream, too, because Scream had a lot of the same kind of comedy elements to it. Um, yep, and I, agree. I, and I, I think that they did it well enough that it kind of rubbed off on this. And so it, it, it just worked, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think it felt forced. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, it, it helped make it just a fun movie overall, you know? Agreed. Cause it, it felt more like a popcorn flick versus just a straight horror trying to not get scared kind of movie. Cause I never once thought that this movie was scary. I, I just thought it was a lot of fun to be able to just go to the theater and watch this and just watch some cool kills and just, you know, the action was pretty good in this too. Oh, yeah. I agree with that too. I think this is not to be taken too seriously of a movie. I think it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those movies that you're going to want to pop on when you have friends over, like you said, a popcorn movie or just something like to just have on like during like the Halloween season and things like that. Yep. Um, I definitely agree with that. Very, very much so. So the, the character dynamic between Jamie Lee's character and her son, cause you've got her son who just turned 17 and whatnot, and she's mm-hmm. being overprotective and yes. obviously it's Halloween. And so she doesn't want him going out and doesn't want to do anything on Halloween. Cause obviously she's got all that, pent up trauma that Mm -hmm. she's still fighting with, you know, 20 years later. And, you know, it's obviously put a strain on her relationship with her son and whatnot. I mean, she's got the whole alcoholic um, thing going and trying to keep 
basically your fucking sanity together, you know, just trying to get yeah. through this time of the year every year while mm-hmm. being the headmistress of this fucking school um, and in California and just trying to live a semi-normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, you know, she like fucking explodes when, when the kids end up, you know, leaving campus to go, um, prepare for their little party that because they're staying back and not going to the, you know, the, the state, the state park and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, so she loses her shit on the kids when she <laughs> finds them out there after Ronnie let them out. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, that it, whole scene's hilarious in my opinion. She just like goes off on her son. Pretty sure she like, doesn't she say like, fu- like she yells fuck or something in the sentence. What the right? fuck he, are you yeah, doing? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> she just goes off <laughs> and it's great. I love it. <laughs> It really is pretty good. Um, so you, you get, I, I think that they wrote that um, pretty well enough. Like uh, out of between the two portrayals of Lori after, you know, the, the original movie and whatnot, I feel definitely, you know, the 2018 one is stronger, but I, I feel like both have their merits with how they mm-hmm. were written and whatnot. Um, Cause you've got this Lori who's, like trying to keep things together and obviously not doing a great job of it. Whereas, you know, Lori in 2018 is kind of a basket case and just very like, um, tinfoil hat kind of thing going yes. on, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so it, it's written differently, but I, I feel like both sides of the character with how they went in both stories kind of, uh, have their own merits with it. Um, which, yeah. which would you say that you prefer, um, between the two different lorries? Ooh, that's hard. Actually, you know, I kind of think I'm going to go 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her in this, but I can see where she's got her, a little bit of her flaws and doesn't have it as much together as you think she has it. And yeah. I feel like 2018 builds that a little bit more with her having her shit together. Um, so I'm going to go with, with 2018 for okay. sure. I mean, plus we get Jamie Lee being a fucking badass in 2018. I, I know. As well. I know. <laughs> and it's almost like she's the only sane person in there, even though she's acting very erratically, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and then she kind of like, takes her daughter and her granddaughter under her wing like that. And it's just awesome. Like see all three of them just badass at the end of the movie. So, yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. <laughs> what did you think of the, the, um, Chris Duran's pr- performance as Michael Myers in this movie though? Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I think the mask is really the, the only thing that throws me off mm-hmm. as much, but like, no, the performance of like the actor themselves and the movements and, and things like that. There were obviously some parts in it that were a little almost comical, like the part where he's hanging off, he kind of hangs off the, um, the bar yep. at the end. <laughs> so there's like some like comedic moments like that, that I don't think are supposed to be, but they just come off that way. But, um, I still think like the the action and everything was really good in this. So I mean, I think the actor did a pretty good job. Oh, for sure. Uh, like with him, because I've talked in previous episodes in this series about how George P. Wilbur is like my favorite um, Michael thus far in the series mm-hmm. before James Jude Courtney in the newest movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like with with Chris Durand, like. His is okay, I think, in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not bad. It's it's not great either. There because there are certain times when it almost seems like he's wooden, and just doesn't yeah. have enough like flow, flowing kind of thing going on. Okay. I don't I don't know. It just it, it it doesn't seem to flow as more as naturally as say like a Nick Castle or yeah. some of the other ones where it just almost feels like he's trying to think about what he has to do almost as he's doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that maybe that was nerves, but it, it just felt very wooden at times. Not all the time. There were, there were a lot of the times where it felt like more fluid and whatnot, but there, there were quite a few times where it felt kind of wooden. And so that kind of took me out a little bit. I'm like, mm, I don't think Michael would be like this. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Actually one, like I know it's, people aren't really for the movies themselves, but Tyler Maine is actually one of my favorite portrayals of Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, I'm a huge fan of at least the first Rob Zombie film, as you know, and he's actually probably my favorite, um, to be honest. Yeah. 
No, I, I thought he did a wonderful job, and yeah, like I, 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 I love Rob Zombie's um, first Halloween movie. I, I didn't care for H two, but um, uh-huh. I, I thought like what he did with uh, um, the first his remake was was great, and I, I love Tyler Maine as as Michael because he brought a real vicious and just like mean Michael, you yes. know, and I fucking uh-huh. love that. Me too. <laughs> and just. Completely brutal. <laughs> so scary, very scary. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah, very, very, it. very scary. <laughs> yep. But I, I did love that. You know, going back to H two O here, that Jamie Lee Curtis did come back for this movie. Um, because mm-hmm. after Halloween two, she had kind of decided I don't want to do horror anymore because I don't want to be like basically put into this box. And typecast is only doing horror, you know, because she didn't think that her career would have taken off, which at, at the time she was correct because she she stopped um, doing the horror and her career ended up taking off pretty, pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. she landed some major roles after that. Um, but she did decide to come back with H2O and she considered this kind of a thank you to the fans and whatnot, because obviously without that early part of her career, she would have had a career. So mm-hmm. um, she felt that she kind of owed it to the fans. But at the same time, it was kind of a money grab, too, as she admitted later on after. Um, which, I mean, it, it, let's be honest. If, if, you're, if you're able to make money, why not make money? So, oh, yeah. Um, agree. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's overall, I, 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 I really like this. And, like, the action at the, at the, at the, academy, at, at the academy, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought was pretty good because like the the chase scenes were actually pretty well done with this movie. Yeah, I actually enjoyed that a lot because I like to see like the campus and just kind of the different like shots, you know, mm-hmm. run, while they're chasing each other and or while he's chasing them, excuse me, and things like that. I, I thought were really cool. Like um, even like just the inside of of the school and yeah. stuff like that. Like the the scene where. Um, forgot his name his character's name but the friend when he's going in the uh the dumbbell like that scene is wild (laughs) so like i just love seeing the different aspects of the school play into it also very much so and it was a beautiful location too you know yes and granted it wasn't like the streets of haddonfield or wherever (laughs) else in illinois but it was a beautiful set you know i i I will give it that and yeah seeing the chasing Mm -hmm. through through there because even though a lot of it took a place out in out outside it felt very confined too because obviously you had the kind of gated you know uh academy and whatnot so they were locked in there so it Mm -hmm. felt very confined at the same time as well as being kind of open you know yes yes which was which was very cool and then that final like scene in the dining hall um was pretty well done too oh yeah yeah so i i really like that a lot so Let's let's talk about that ending of the movie because I know you had some thoughts on the <laughs> ending. Um, yeah. Um, so, well, I guess some of it technically isn't in this movie because you actually find out um, they do like a uh, what's the word like a th- um, flashback. Um, I believe it's like what in Resurrection. Yep. Kind of explaining the end of this film a little bit more. Um, so, if you're taking that, you know. If you're taking that scene and adding it to the end of this, it didn't really impress me because I didn't like the whole fact that um, it was just very, it didn't seem, I mean, again, we're talking about a world where Michael Myers exists, yes, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's like, it didn't seem very realistic to me um, that he swapped out with that guy that he, like, did his, uh, the guy's throat and then, like, threw the mask on him and the clothes on him and kind of swapped places with him and that just kind of was not very realistic to me right um i kind of was almost hoping that i don't even know i don't even know how else i would have written i so i can't even get it a better i can't even give it a better like ending in a way but mm. i just didn't really care for it and seemed really realistic to me um yeah that he would have been able to do that that quickly and and that so no i i, mean, I agree yeah, there's like elements of it that are kind of cool. The fact that it was not him, and it's this guy that's unfortunately like he can't speak, and he's you know dressed up like him, and he's just reaching out to her, and yeah, that's very sad. <laughs> but like, so that part was kind of cool, 
it's just the way it was executed was very quick and not realistic to me. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree. And kind of the sad thing with that is they had that um, kind of swerve already planned before they, you know, finished H2O because that was already in the works, you know, because they were already mm -hmm. planning on making a sequel. And, you know, that was worked into Jamie Lee's contract to make her. Um, it was kind of one of the things that they put in the contract that she had to appear in the sequel if they were going to do H2O. And so they wrote that. And I, I don't know. It's just like I, I felt it was kind of a cheap payoff, I, I guess, in a lot of sense mm -hmm. with it, um, because you had that amazing visual at the end of h2o of her decapitating who we thought was michael myers it's mm -hmm. like holy shit this is fucking over with <laughs> yeah and you're like kind of excited in a way for her like yeah but <laughs> like very impactful very like you know because at first he's reaching out to her she reaches out to him and then she just takes that axe and just fucking swings for the fences and his head just yeah. flies <laughs> And it's like, holy God, Michael Myers is fucking dead. <laughs> There's yes. no way they're bringing his ass back. But no, right. they they had that piss poor explanation about him switching with the paramedic and mm -hmm. him sneaking out while they cart him and put him in the fucking body bag and shit. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe piss they could have figured it out a different way, maybe. But it was just too quick and it was just too. Right. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. But anyways, um, one last thing I kind of want to cover here is what would you say is your favorite kill out of this movie? Hmm. That's a hard one. I'd have to really think about that. Actually, kind of that one, to be honest. Okay. Like, Lori, like, just going ham, finally just fucking being so pissed off that she just knocks his head off. Like... Oh my god, actually that yeah, cuz that is an exciting scene. I'm not downplaying it. Yeah. It's just again that there's that whole the story leading up to it factor, but like no, I think she just had her moment. She was done. She was just ready and <laughs> I think that's probably actually one of my favorites cuz I think it's kind of cool cuz you don't see I feel like you I feel like people try to get too creative now in in their kills that mm -hmm. you don't see just like a, a standard like beheading anymore. I feel like not not often at least. So right. I think that was kind of cool. And the way the head just flew was great. So um, also the dumbbell kill, like I mentioned earlier, um, was really fun because it, things like that scare me. Because like um, if you watch Haunting of Hill House as well, you know, just like any kind of scene where you're where somebody goes in one of those things, I like, get mm -hmm. so nervous for them. Like or even in Scream and in, in the the door of the uh, garage just like anything that's like claustrophobic like that yep. or like an elevator kills scare me too like anything like that where something's gonna close down on you or whatever oh my god that stuff just freaks me out so. <laughs> no there's some oh, legitimate yeah. fear with those kind of things there uh, i totally understand that 100 yeah. percent. i think for me my favorite kill probably out of this movie is uh the callback to halloween 2 where um you know when um, Lori's boyfriend accidentally shoots at LL Cool J mm. and then Michael comes out stabs him in the back and lifts him <sighs> the call back to Halloween yeah. oh my god I love that kill made me sad though I know <laughs> but yeah now was, that was a good swerve like that was like holy shit like wow like you just killed the wrong person <laughs> right <laughs> yeah oh, so good but yes yeah, yeah. so, I mean overall I mean with this movie you know even though it's got it's flaws it's got a lot of it uh, about it to like as well, you know. Um, if you were to rate this movie, what would you rate it out of five? Hmm. So, as an overall look at it as a movie, um, I would probably give it a three out of five um, because of that factor. Because it's not a... I wouldn't say it's a great film, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. in the sense of, like prestigious award type thing but if you want to look at it in different ways like the fun factor or like something that i would say for me this one is very like nostalgia feeling because of the 90s and things like that i feel like i would rate it higher if it was on a scale of like fun movies but yeah as a whole i think a three out of five is pretty good okay. for it so yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I would I would definitely give this out a three out of five as well. It's it's got 
elements of Halloween which help make it work. It's got elements of Scream that help make it work, but also at the same time, because it's got a lot of elements of Scream, it makes it not feel like a Halloween movie. And just kind of the location helps it make it not feel like a Halloween movie. It was great seeing Jamie Lee back in the role of Laurie Strode. It had a, a, quite a few good callbacks to you know previous Halloween movies. It had a lot going for it. It wasn't too terribly long. The pace kept up with it. Um, but just kind of some of the things with like the mask and just yeah. kind of the feeling of it just kind of bring it down a little bit for me. But it's not terrible by any means. I, I still enjoy watching it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, it is definitely kind of in my rotation. At, at maybe once every couple of years, I'll, I'll watch it. It's not a yearly watch for me because usually I stick with one through six when I'm watching, as well as uh, um, 2018 now. Mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely one I revisit every now and then, unlike some of the other ones like Resurrection, which I'll be talking about that next week with Kyle. So uh, from <laughs> Trick or Treaters. Um, so it, it's, 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 it's pretty good. It's, it's not perfect. It's, it's an okay movie. It's, it's, it's fun to watch though. It's a good popcorn movie. So definitely three out of five for me as well. So with that being said, I would also love to know what you guys think. Feel free to reach out through our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Taking a look at Halloween H2 with CC from the scream Queens. And I do want to thank you for joining me this week for this episode. This was a lot of fun. Of course. And, uh, very much fun. (laughs) Yes, very, very much so. And I'm looking forward to talking on yours here, coming up here with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That'll be a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. But that's to come. Um, but next week we will be, uh, talking Halloween Resurrection with Kyle from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Um, very much looking forward to that because it's been a while since I watched that movie and, uh, I've got some thoughts on the movie. So be on the lookout for that next week. Until then, I hope you guys are enjoying the fall season as we get closer to Halloween, and I will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers.